Hey, this is Lee Snow. I'm the preacher of Warm Springs Road Church of Christ, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for downloading today. I hope it inspires you. I hope it builds your faith. I hope it gives you a perspective to see what God wants to do in your life, and I hope it challenges you to a faithful tomorrow. of our fifth Sundays, um, having them. And each year, the Lord has blessed us to be able to do a little bit more. And uh, that every fifth Sunday, we get a chance to go and uh, be a part of that fellowship, that spiritual brotherhood, and be able to go from congregations, uh, being uh, Crawford, and and then Seal, and, and then Box Springs, and uh, also, this year, we had Warm Spring. So the Lord has blessed us to go from place to place. And uh, this started a few years ago. And uh, every fifth Sunday, we extend our fellowship one with another and be able to have our uh, camaraderie, if you will. Well, as you all already probably know, um, the lesson series this whole year it's talking about letting the Christ shine. And we're talking about letting him shine in all aspects. We ought to let Christ shine in our lives, in our homes, and, and all of the different things that the Lord will have us to do. And on this afternoon, we have no less. We're going to talk about letting the Christ shine uh, in another area of our lives. And uh, I was assigned uh, to... Uh, the topic of letting the Christ shine in the home. And, you know, uh, not in the home, I'm sorry, on the job. And, you know, this uh, year of lessons have been a great lessons and, and being able to share in that. And, you know, uh, uh, they from the first fifth Sunday to the last fifth Sunday, we all been talking about letting Jesus shine. Now, you know, if we can't let nothing else shine in our lives, the Lord ought to be able to shine for all of us in everything we do. The the Bible says, let your light so, Matthew 5, shine that men may do what? See your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. If folk can't see anything else in you, they ought to see Jesus. If they cannot understand anything else, you ought to be like Paul. I was determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And when we're talking about letting Christ shine, we're talking about he needs to be illuminated. He needs to be made brightened so that folk can be able to see That Jesus is the reason for everything in our life. He is what lives in us. So 
when we look at everything it, and we see how the Lord is living in our lives, folks should be able to see Christ no matter where we go. When we're at home and somebody dropped by the house, they ought to be able to see this place as a wonderful place that Christians live both on the job, off the job, at home, at church, everywhere. Folks should be able to see Jesus. And if there is one aspect of our lives where folk cannot see Christ, we have failed to allow Christianity to grow in such a way. When we start talking about the job, you know, everybody has a different work circumstance. In other words, different people work on different jobs. Some jobs are more uh, beneficial and rewarding than others. And other jobs are more uh, demanding and, 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 and stressful and, 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 and so much that you have to do. I, I fortunately work on one of those kind of jobs. See, I work in a system where the kids are incarcerated and they're in a program. And so when you start talking, when I start talking about letting the Christ shine, that really means something. Because there ain't too much of Jesus being shown in the type of environment that I work in. Because most folk are not thinking about what the Lord would have them to do. Most folk are thinking about what they need, how they can get whatever they can get out of this situation so that it can benefit them to get what they got to get. And they're not concerned about anything else. Well, as a Christian, that's not our mandate. Our mandate is wherever we go, Jesus is to be seen. Wherever we go, we got to take as Brother Lowe, uh, when we sang that song at Bob Spring, take the Lord with you. Where? Everywhere you would go. You're going to take Jesus with you. And what I want you to understand is there are some principles that we ought to adapt, if you will, in the fact of being an employer, employee, Whatever your status is in the employment world in letting Jesus shine. Now, one of the ones that we call employer-employee relationships that remind us a little bit better is uh, the servant back in the Bible days and the master-type relationship because it reminds us of what we ought to be. In Colossians chapter 3, I want you all to see this. Um, in letting the Christ shine. Um, he is talking in Colossians chapter 3. He gets down to verse 22. He says, Servants, obey in all things your master according to the flesh, not as with eye service, as men pleasers, but the singleness of heart, fearing God. You know, when you get on a job and you're working on a job, we have to remember who the real boss is. 
The real boss is not the man standing over us, looking at us and making sure that we do. That's not our real boss. So when we, when, when we go and work for an employer, our real boss is the one who's the all-seeing eye that sees everything. That if you're doing right, he sees that. If you're cutting corners, he sees that. If you're not living according to what you ought to be, if on the job you look like somebody who should be off that job, he sees that. But when you work for the master, number one, you're not doing it for men. See, the Bible say you're not doing it as I please us. In other words, I'm not doing who, what I'm doing because I want man to give me uh, my pat on him. He said, I'm doing it in the service of God because I want God to give me the glory and the reward and the congratulations and the attaboy and all like that. Now, don't get me wrong. It feels good to work on a job and they give you, you know, a pat on the back or put a little extra money in your pocket or what. All of that's good, but that ain't the reason why you're there. The reason why you are who you are is because not of them that's making you, but Christ that liveth in you, that makes you the better person on the job. Because if we could do wrong and get away with it on the job, and nobody sees it, but that means that if we work for a man, then we just would do whatever just to get away with it. They ain't catch me. Y'all know what I'm talking about? There are certain employees that, you know, if you don't kiss, stay on them. You can tell them this is what's supposed to be done and this is the way it's supposed to be done. But if you don't stay on that employee, Next thing you know, they lollygagging around and, and riding the clock. And, and the boss say, what you over there doing? Oh, boss, I'm working, I'm working. I see, them kind of employees, those are the ones that as long as you see them, they doing. But the minute when your back is turned, they're going to do what they want to do. See, those kind of employees, that's of the world. See, we are in Christ. When we go to work, Christ is going to work with us. You know, Brother Wallace said a, a, a while back, he said, you know, the most blessed folks, uh, the most blessed employment agency or employment work area or whatever you want to call it, place of employment, I should say. He said the blessed place of employment is where Christians are employed there. Because they are a blessing to that job. Because when you put a Christian on the job, he's going to do right because it's the right thing to do. He's not just going to do right because somebody trying to make him do right. He's going to do right because right is in him. And the Bible says that he ought to be the type of person that is not an eye pleaser or trying to do what somebody else tell him to do, simply to, you know, to shut folk mouth up and all that. He say, do that. Be the type of servant that will work and do what's right because it's the right thing to do. And then not only that, you know, he says, 
And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. When you go to work, you got to remember who you're really working for. You're working for Jesus Christ. And when you're working for the Lord, oh, you're going to do your best job you can. You know why? Because you know who you're working for. But now, if the job ain't paying you like they ought and the benefits is not all that and the boss is low down and dirt. See, if, if you were doing it just for them, oh, man, they'd be in trouble as far as what kind of service you're going to render unto them. Because, number one, most of the time, they're not paying you what you want to get paid. They're not treating you like the best. The benefits ain't nothing sometimes to brag on or what little bit that you have. So when things are not the best, the Christian must still be at his best. When things are not what they ought to be, you still ought to do what you have to do for God. And then here's the next thing. Some of us are fortunate that where we have good benefits, good work, good, well, then we ought to shine even more. Because it's wonderful to work in wonderful. See, it's good to do good when it's all good. But can you do what's right in the face of what's wrong? Can you be what you ought to be on that job, regardless to what they are on the job? See, as Christians, it's our job to be able to do what's right, to be able to not do it because people won't to do what we tell them to do because of this and because of that. We've got to be who we ought to be because of the Lord that's in us. Galatians 2 and verse number 20. He says, I'm crucified with Christ, but nevertheless I live, but not I, but who? Christ that living in me when I get on wherever I'm at, at home, at work, at church, even on the job, Everybody ought to know that this is what Christ would be because that's who's living in me all the time. Now watch this. The Bible tells us that there are aspects of our conduct that even while we are wherever we're at, including the job, it ought to be good and it ought to be godly and it ought to be Christ-like. Now look at this. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 4 and verse number 6, he said, let your speech always with grace seasoned with salt that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. You know what? No matter what circumstance you in, Christians ought to have the kind of speech that ought to have some influence. We ought to, look, Christians ought to be the folks, like Jesus said, we ought to let our yea be yea, and guess what? Our nay be nay. Our word need to be our bond because of who we are, not where we're working. See, we ought to be the type of folks that when we say something, that's as good because it represents our character. See, when we say something to people, it ought to have so much influence on people that they ought to be able to see the good in you. And they ought to be able to rejoice 
and be exceedingly glad, understanding what they're dealing with. They're dealing with a Christian. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 29, the Bible says, let no, that means none, zip, nada, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good for edification that it may administer grace unto the hero. What does that mean? It means this. There used to be an old saying that old folks used to say, if you don't have anything good to say, then guess what? Don't say nothing at all. As Christians, we ought to have something good always to say. That's number one. If we can't say nothing good about anything else, we can always say something good about Jesus. We can always tell somebody about how good God is. Both on, off the job, at work, not at work, at home, wherever. When somebody says to you, good morning, and somebody turn around and say, well, what's good about it? You can say, God allowed me to wake up. When you're dealing with folks that are not what they ought to be, and that's the world we live in. Some folk on the job, they look at ways to trip you up and try to do something to just throw a, a, a rug up on you to make you fall and all like that. They set traps for you and, and all that kind of food. That, that is on the, in the work environment. But you know what? No matter what men do that is wrong, they ought to see Christ shine in you and they can't help but to see what's right. Because when you speak, number one, there's not going to be corruption. It's not going to be gossip or on the job. It's not going to be you cussing somebody out. It's not going to be you acting a fool with your tongue. It's actually going to be good. The Bible say that it, that it administer grace unto the here, that it benefits people. We ought to be the type of folks that when we speak, it ought to help folk and not hurt them. It ought to be a good thing for us to be able to see that we got Christians working at this place, or a Christian, at least you. When people see the good by your speech, your behavior by how you act, your character in the way that you handle things, they see Christ shining in you. That's a blessed place for them to be able to see all that. Because most jobs, if that's not a Christian that's there, they're not going to see all that. Because their life is not in such a way to where they are to let those Christian values benefit the situation. Now here's something else. Not only should we not let any corrupt communication proceed out of our mouth, but that which is good for edifying. But here's something else that a Christian is supposed to do on the job. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 11. It says, have no, not some, not part, not almost, not sometime we halfway in the right and the other half in the wrong. Have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Now watch this. 
if a supervisor tell you to go and do something that you, them, and everybody else know that's wrong, you, it's time to let the Christ shine. It's time to let God be seen or in you on the job. He tell them, he, the boss come and tell you, go over there and tell him that lie so we can get something out of him. Boss, I can't tell folk lies. I'm a Christian. I, I don't carry myself in that way. The Bible says lie not one to another. The Bible teaches us no matter what the situation is, we ought to be honest. We ought to always speak the truth. No matter where we're at, we ought to always have something good to say that'll help somebody. If we don't have something that can help somebody, then we ought not to have anything to say. But Christians should always have something to say for God. I don't care where you're at. If somebody came on your job and said, do you know he's a Christian? What would the response be? Would the response be, yeah, we see him. He, he does a good job all the time. Yeah, he is one. Or would the response be, what? He's a what? The way he come up? If they're Christian, we don't need no more of them. We ought to be the type of people that wherever we go, Christ ought to be seen in us. When we go to work for these man-made uh, jobs and, you know, they may not be the best, but we got to be at our best. We, we should always have a word from the Lord to have something to say. Just like, let me show you. When we come together right here at Warm Spring, what is the thing that brings us together? There's only one thing that, God, that we all have in common. That's being like Christ. All of us have decided no matter what congregation, no matter what location, no matter what race, no matter what uh, financial, whatever, no matter what, we have all decided that we're going to follow Jesus. That's why we all get along. If you don't believe it, if you examine this situation, you'll find out everybody don't have the same personality. So we all don't get along because we all got the same personality type. That, that's not the reason. Everybody don't have the same financial situation. We all don't get along because we are part of the same uh, financial club. We all do not get along because we all have the same thinking when it comes to whatever, except we, when it comes to the gospel, we are all one in Christ. And when we leave here, we should be the type of folks that while we are with each other, I don't care what congregation you're from. When we are with each other, we should be able to benefit one another. We should be able to be a better people than when we first came here than when we leave. Why? Because everybody in here, first of all, it's not I. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about Christ that lives in each and every one of us. Now, the Bible says in Proverbs 27, iron, guess what it does? It sharpens iron. There you go. See, when I've been in fellowship with Brother Lowe, I, I get a little bit more sharper. And with Brother Lee, and, 
and, and, and Brother Wallen and, and, and all of the congregation, even meeting brethren that I haven't met, but, but when we commune, we got that common bond. But now when you get on that job, the, it's just your bond with Christ. There ain't no common bond in this thing. Except we all going to get paid and we all got different jobs to do. But see, there's a difference in a Christian at the workplace and just a regular employee at the workplace. It's a big difference. Jesus told us to let our light so shine. Somebody said, well, I can't let it shine here. These folk, they got too much weight. That's not what the Bible says. He said, do men light a candle and do what? Put it on the, hide it, put it on the bushel. He said, no, what is the, what is the purpose in having a light that can't shine? What is the purpose in lighting something and can't nobody see it? Now look at this. He also said in Matthew 5, not only are you the light of the world, but watch this. You are the salt. Of the earth. Do y'all know what that means? Do you know what salt does? One of its primary obligations is salt has a lot of benefit, but one of the things that you notice about salt is that it's got influence. When you take and put salt on some meat, it'll make that meat a little bit more flavorful with salt. When you take and put it in an ingredient to bake a cake, it helps influence the good things that's in the cake, hopefully, to come out. Salt is one of the most influential things that you can have. If you put salt in a restaurant and you put it on some food, it's going to uh, benefit. If you take salt to your house and use it for whatever that you're going to use, it's going to have influence. If you take salt and put it in the building at the top or whatever, it's still going to be salt. Wherever you go, salt don't turn into anything but salt. Do you know salt don't change into sugar just because it's in a different environment? Salt is going to be salt wherever it is. You know we ought to have influence wherever we go. Why? Because folk can see Christ in us. Number one, in our speech. When we talk, the rest of them on the job cussing like sailors. When we talk, our speech is different. Other folk around here trying to beat folk out of stuff and defraud them and all like that. But when we speak, we are trying to edify and help somebody along the way to be a better person than what they first came. The Christian life is of great influence. Why? Because of Christ shining in us. Look at this. Another thing about being salt, excuse me, being a Christian or being that spiritual salt is that when we serve, we serve out of integrity. See, integrity is something that you have even when folk are not looking. See, the reason why you're honest is because God told you to be. Not because that's written in some policy in guidelines and corporation. They put a lot of stuff in policy. That don't mean folks do it. But when 
we be who we are. We're doing it because of our big boss, Jesus Christ. The word Lord actually means boss, the man who runs things. Jesus Christ, 1 Timothy 6, he is the Lord, the only potentate. Matter of fact, he's not just Lord, he's king of kings. And guess what? Lord of lords. So we have so much to allow when it comes to serving God by letting folks let the Christ just let him shine in you everywhere you go, including the, the workforce. Now, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 13, it says, look at this integrity. It says, let us walk honestly as in the day, not in riotous or drunkenness, nor chambering, nor want, rot, wantonness, not in strife or envy. Look, wherever you go, the type of character you are in this building is the same type of character you ought to be everywhere else. The Bible says that we ought to walk honestly. You know, we ought to be honest. If nobody else on the job is honest, we ought to be honest. If nobody else on the job tells the truth, we ought to tell the truth. If nobody else on the job got anything good to say, look like everybody is just struggling to stay intact, we ought to be the type of folk that we ought to have something good to say everywhere we go. We ought to have influence everywhere we're at. We ought to have our speech seasoned with salt everywhere we speak. We ought to live honestly and godly and righteously and soberly and present in this present world. We ought to have that. So when they see us on the job, they'll notice, got to notice there's a difference. Because they're not like everybody else. And if you ask them what they are made of, they'll tell you it's all about Christ. The Bible say that we ought to give an answer unto how many men? Every man that asks what? The reason of the hope that's within you. Now, if they ask what is the reason of the hope that's within you, why do you do what you're doing? We ought to be able to answer to every man. There ain't no such thing as, well, you know, I can't talk about that right now. I'll wait till we clock out. I need to be able to tell folk that I'm a Christian wherever, they, wherever I go. And somebody said, well, they'll start putting you on notice. They need to put you on notice. Because they don't need to group you with everybody else. When they talk about doing all kind of crazy stuff, like at my job, especially they talk about, you know, we have them little uh, company, whatever you want to call them this time of year, where folk get together and, and eat and all that kind of stuff and nice and all. But one time they say, hey, we want to take this off campus because they won't let us be what we want to be. You know, and, and God only know what all that means. I told him, I said, okay, hey, y'all go right ahead. Because all that, come on, we got to get off campus because there's some things we want to, y'all go right ahead. You know, I'm not involved in all that. See, they got to act decent on the premise. But see, they want to take it somewhere, uh, Brother King, where they don't have to act decent no more. And then I'm going to be with them. They say, boy, they, they cutting up over there. I thought he was a Christian. Look at him. He cussing and can on and drinking and, and can't wait. Well, hey, he's just like us. And 
what happens to my influence? All that influence that I had, just that one time of me acting a fool with them, I've lost my influence. Do you know what Jesus said about losing your influence? Matthew chapter 5. He said, if Saul loses, y'all ever had somewhere lose his strength over time? If salt loses its what? Savor. What is savor? Influence. Influence. My brother, if you lose your influence, what good are you as a Christian? If salt loses its influence, he say, what is it good for but to be cast out and trotted under the foot of men? Now, according to Bible days, historically, Brother Lowe, they would have salt. And, you know, salt, because of the elements and all, sometimes would cake up. But see, when the salt was no good to be used anymore, what they would do is to take it, and there used to be walkways and all, they take that salt and throw it on them. Why? Because if it can't do nothing else, at least it could kill the grass. At least we can use it for that. You know, some folk in this life, seemingly, the only thing they good for is to kill stuff. And so on the job, if there's any problem, they send the killer to go handle it. We ought not to be seen like that. We ought to be the type of folk that we always got something good to help somebody along the way. They ought to be able to see Christ in us. When we go on the job, they ought to be able to see the love we have, even on the job. And finally, the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and around verse number 6, the Bible says to defraud ye not one another. You know, it's bad to live in a world where folk are ripping other folk off. That's a bad thing. Somebody taking advantage of you to get to beat you out of something so that they can do better. But the Bible tells us in our character, you know, we ought not to ever take advantage of anybody under any set of circumstances. For an example, somebody is going to come and work for us. Let's say we hired them to do yard care. Okay? And we tell the person, okay, now, go out there and cut the grass and trim the lawn and all like that, and I'm going to pay you $45, $50, you know, to trim everything, get it all manicured and nice and everything, and the person does that. But they, they... they left as they were trimming and cut uh, an extra, extra leaf fell on the driveway. And you know, some, and somebody who looking for an advantage say, hey, you left some leaves on the driveway. I'm going to have to dock you $5 for that. See, that's taking advantage of a situation. If you wanted them to do with the yard and the leaf, you could say, hey, listen, I, I, you know, so that I can fully pay you. Go ahead and get those leaves up too because they're still on the driveway and then I'll pay you. 
But somebody who looking to beat somebody out something, they looking for an opportunity to take less out of them, to do this and that. And, you know, a lot of employers have that kind of mentality, too, now. They're looking at a way to where, hey, they, if, they can cut, if they can get more out of you and cut you out of this and cut, that's what they will do. But as a Christian, we can't say, well, they're doing me wrong, so I'm going to do this wrong. They ain't paying me right anyway, so when it comes to uh, dealing with the cash, I'm going to help myself a little bit more. See, as Christians, we got to do what's right. And when we do what's right, we are blessing both on and off the job. Folk are glad to see that we're able to work for them because they see the Christ in us on the job. Let your light so shine, so shine. You're not doing it to be seen, but folk can't help but to see it. Then men may see your what? What kind of work? Good work. And glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Everything we do ought to be good to be done. Matter of fact, Galatians 6 and verse number 10 say, as we have opportunity, and some folk want to find a loophole in that. Well, I ain't got opportunity. You got opportunity every day. Every day you got a chance to show some good. As we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto how many? All of them? You mean to tell me that old snake over there, I got to do good for him too? And sometimes, brother Ben, you do good by just not doing bad to him. Because, you know, some folk, boy, they really challenge you good. They, they, they are a challenge to your spirituality. They help extract all the good that you can give them. You know, some folk, boy, they rough. When you, when you come in, I, I was working on one job, and, uh, and, this, and this guy, he, he came over, and, and he, he, he punched, you know, Tried to get my attention. Hey, hey, watch me get him. And this man who, I, he was just as down earth, mild and meek and everything. But this guy, he, he said, now watch, watch this, watch. And he started messing with him. Say, yeah, you ain't trembling. You must have been drinking all this weekend and carrying on. You, you know you're getting too old to be. And when he did, and this was a loud shop, machines and everything and it. But I never heard that man cut up so bad. He cussed him from can to cane, in my opinion. He said, I'm going to tell you, I'm getting tired of you. Doing. The man wasn't bothering nobody. But he was the type of employee, employee that he just believed in messing with folks so he can get a good laugh out of it. And he told me one, he looked at me and said, I got him, didn't I? I said, well, don't get him again then. Oh, that, I mean, that, you're making the man get all out of character. He was working, doing all right. And you're going over there messing with him. And after he finished cussing you, while, while he getting ready to cuss you out, he got to turn the machine off so you can hear him. Now ain't nobody working. And the supervisor comes, hey, what's going on? 
what y'all doing over here? And I'm like, well, we, uh, they have no conversation, but we're going to get back to work, boss. Have to let your light so shine that men may see what? Your good works and glorify your father, which is in here. Letting the Christ shine. Let him shine everywhere you go. And when you go to work, let him shine in that too. Be the best employee you can be for Jesus Christ. Because you're not doing it for them. You're doing it for him. If, as always, I always, when I extend the invitation, if, if Jesus is not your employer, it's time to let him be your employer. In other words, let him be the boss. Spiritually. How do you do that? By hearing and believing that Jesus Christ died, buried, rose again the third day. Repent of whatever that's taking you away from God. Confess that you believe Jesus Christ to be the Son of God and be buried him in the water grave of baptism. Where is all that in the Bible? Mark chapter 16, verse 15 and 16 tell you to go and preach the gospel. What is the gospel? 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Once you hear that, it ought to change you. Change you from what? From what you were to what God wants you to be. Change your mind. Acts 2 and 38. And then make that confession that the Ethiopian eunuch made in um, Acts chapter 8. That I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God. Then be buried in the water grave of baptism. Galatians 3 and 27, Romans chapter 6. For as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. Then you can let the Christ shine wherever you go, including your workplace. If you haven't been faithful in doing what God would have you to do, you need to repent of that. He says, I tell you nay, Luke 13, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. And then you must be willing to confess that you have erred along the way. And the church will pray for you that you might be spiritually healed. Letting the Christ shine in your life. So men can't help but to see Jesus and be willing to come and surrender themselves under the same workmaster that you have, that is Jesus Christ. Baptize into Christ, restore to the faith. We encourage you, as we all let the Christ shine in us, let him also shine in you as we get ready for the invitation of